The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Listen, I know how you're feeling. I don't know how you're feeling. Maybe you're feeling good. Maybe you're not feeling so good. This is a very emotional time of year for fantasy football players everywhere. It's either you're making your way to the championship. You might have a chance to make your way to the championship tonight. A lot of fantasy players tonight, you know, with the Chargers and Colts. Right, you got yeah. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Michael Williams, Justin Herbert, uh, Michael Pittman, Zach Moss or Deion Jackson. There's a lot of players left on the slate, um, and I'm sure you'll be temp- depending on a bunch of them uh, going into uh, week six, week 17, which is the fantasy championship week. This is our last week uh, of podcast in terms of five days a week. Next week we'll be going to. I haven't actually decided yet. Yeah, <laughs> either two or three we days got- a week. I, I don't even know yet, to be honest with you. But we're, we're not going to be putting on a full week uh, of shows for week 18 uh, because at the end of the day, there's going to be so much going on. Like we're hoping that your fantasy championship is done. Yeah. Either already done in week 16, uh, which I know a lot of leagues just forgot to change their settings. And then week 17, uh, which is the, you know, the, the championship week for most fantasy football players. Yeah, no, it's going to be crazy week. You know, we don't know exactly what the schedule is going to be moving forward, but I don't know if people realize it is, a lot to go through and do an episode you know every day like we do yeah and then having the same content it, it ends up like putting us through the ringer every single week doing the same thing over and yep. over like we're gonna try and get some good content together for the rest of the off season um, exactly, obviously week exactly. 18 isn't technically the off season i don't know um i've been in leagues where it goes to week 18 um that was just like this past year but 
right. it's no fun when that happens. So we're assuming that you have it set up correctly, that you don't have to worry about a championship in week 18 because there's just so much going on as far as players sitting and all that stuff. Now, we will go over. So, you know, in so next week on Friday, we will go over, you know, the situations, right? Because there's going to be some teams not playing their starters, right? There's going to be a bunch of teams sitting there, guys, because they got nothing to play for. It's going to be a very tricky week. Uh, we're going to get a lot wrong next week, <laughs> straight <laughs> yeah. up. But we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to kind of decipher, you know, what's going on around the league and, you know, make sure that you guys are, you know, in tune uh, with you know the best plays going into week 18 in case you need it okay um so so, so we will be there now a lot uh, this is a very interesting weekend man a yeah. lot of overperformers, a lot of underperformers, a lot of studs not coming through uh interesting week the weather was shitty we kind of knew you, you knew that going in uh fabian rodriguez here good morning for Oz and zach y'all got me in the finals with george kittle scoring 30 no it was George Kittle. Yeah. You guys were in the finals, man. <laughs> Two touchdowns. Dude, Brock Purdy's loving him some George Kittle. Um, yeah. So that's awesome, Fabian. Good for you, man. Um, glad, you, glad you punched your ticket in. Uh, Sean over here, Moss or Jackson tonight. Uh, he needs a combined 20 points from Keenan Allen and one of these running backs in half PPR. You know, listen, like the whole week, you know, we've been going Moss over Jackson. All the indications have been pointing to Moss being the starter uh, in tonight's game and being the guy on early downs. As long as this game doesn't turn into a, a one with the Chargers just leading the whole way and like, you know, kind of blowing them out a little bit, I think Moss is going to be involved. According to all the reports, Moss is, seems like he's going to be the guy, especially in half point PPR. You figure that Moss will get those goal line carries uh, yeah. if they do end up getting there. So good matchup. Probably want to go with the guy who's who's going to get it done on early downs. That's where I'm leaning, Sean. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, let's let's get into it, dude. Like we had a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, from from the you know we're going to go over all the takeaways from Week 16. Um, you know, so that you if you're making your way into Week 17 Championship Weekend, you're you're fully prepared um, as to you know who to start and and how these situations are looking. Let's start with right. Atlanta real quick. Um, Tyler Algier, uh, he took a big lead in the Falcons' backfield uh, yeah. this week. 18 carries to Patterson's eight, uh, but also four catches on five targets. 23 opportunities for Algier in this one. Uh, he also led with 59% of snaps to Patterson's 37%, and he led goal line snaps three to one. Um, he had a role on early downs. He had a role on passing downs. He had some two-minute snaps, uh, and now he has a great matchup against Arizona this upcoming week. Yeah, I mean, he looked really good. And this is kind of going along the lines of what I, I kind of called this. I don't want to you know, pat myself on the back too much, but I'm saying, you know, like Desmond Ritter, Tyler Algier, Drake London, kind of leading the youth movement for the Falcons. I think they're just going to see what they have at this point in the players that they drafted, you know, this this season. And it, that's kind of what we saw this week. Tyler Algier outpacing Cordero Patterson. Um, obviously, Patterson's a bit older. You know, we're wondering if, he's, you know, he's run out of tread on the tires. But um, in this offense, it looks like Algier is going to be the guy the rest of the way, even though it's like only one realistically relevant fantasy week left this season every Williams didn't have whole much impact you know he only had three carries he did have two targets you know that kind of um dropped Cordero Patterson's route participation in that a little bit but um it's, it's nothing to worry about you know for Tyler Alger I like Tyler, Tyler Alger the rest of the way I think he could be a low-end RB2 next week with some upside like yeah. you said against Arizona definitely definitely uh but we talked about Drake London last week right second good game now with Desmond Ritter 27% target share. He caught seven of nine for 96 yards in this one. So now I'm feeling a lot more comfortable playing him next week uh, as a wide receiver three against Arizona. 
now, right? Like it's a good matchup again. Uh, Tom Brady didn't think so, but uh, <laughs> uh, last yeah. night. Uh, but it is a good matchup, you know. For you know, I'm, I'm assuming that Drake London will be able to do his thing. But now we have a two out of two game sample size with Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, and Drake London has been averaging ten targets and seven catches uh, over his last two games with Ritter. Yeah, and that's exactly what we were kind of hoping for. You know, we know that Marcus Mariota wasn't looking his way a whole lot, and Drake London had become obsolete at that point. Guys like Demir Bird and uh, Olamide Zacchaeus were getting targets over him. He had some quiet days with Marcus Mariota, but it looks like better days are ahead, not just this season, but even for maybe for next season. Say, should Desmond Ritter start, you know, and be the guy next season, at least for the beginning of 2023 but uh, what we saw from drake london like you said the targets are definitely there and he's not now reliable i'm not saying he's like an upside guy this isn't someone i'm like super excited to put in my lineup but somebody who previously had zero value sitting on your bench you know now he's getting those targets at least he has the opportunity he's a very nice flex play i think next week a wide receiver three i would be a little bit uh hesitant to put him in there if you had that third wide receiver slot there might be guys with better upside but we'll see um he does have the target share going for him so in a desperate spot i think you could start him and he has a little bit of upside because of that target share he's getting he's got to catch a touchdown one of these times he's had 23 let's see 32 targets the last three games that he's played and he doesn't have any touchdowns uh that could go up yeah for sure and and you know given his wingspan and his ability uh you know to, to get contested catches Drake London can definitely do his thing and you know the way I look at it is this like you know if I'm going to rank Michael Pittman as a wide receiver three I'm going to rank Drake London as a wide receiver three as well they're getting similar uh type of um you know uh, uh opportunity right now and I think that you know they're going to have similar type of stat lines uh you know yeah. you know moving forward the rest of the way um so yeah, I think I I think I'm cool with Drake London next week against Arizona. I think he'll he'll be in my lineup at least as a flex play. Um, we talked about tempering expectations on J.K. Dobbins, you know, and this is why you know 12 carries for him, 11 carries for Gus Edwards, and Gus Edwards happens to be the one to outperform him in this one. And we you know we knew that this was going to be split down the middle, 50-50, and it's been that the entire time since Dobbins was back. It just so happens that Dobbins couldn't capitalize uh, and be nearly as efficient as he was over the previous two games. Right. Yeah. That's been the case, you know, the whole season. I mean, obviously he was efficient uh, the last couple of weeks, but we're not sure how long that could last. You know, he had that low carry count and that's kind of been, you know, our quip with him, but Gus Edwards looked much more efficient yesterday. Neither of them scored. So it looks like both of them are going to have a relatively low upside. The Ravens offense just doesn't look good with Lamar Jackson in it. I, I'm looking at the game, like even just looking at a side of the stats, like the record for Baltimore, I can't believe they're 10 and five. <laughs> like it's crazy. I, I think they've had some, I guess some good matchups these past few weeks or they didn't have to do a whole lot of scoring. Their defense is playing better as of late, but as long as Tyler Huntley or anybody else is a quarterback, it seems like this is pretty much a fantasy wasteland. Um, I, I wouldn't trust JK Dobbins next week either. We saw this type of performance. We knew this was in the cards. Um, he was overproducing a little bit the past few weeks. Um, I'm not really excited to start either of these guys, especially with the way that we saw the carry split pretty much 50-50 right down the middle. 100%. They got Pittsburgh next week. You know, the matchup isn't amazing. It's not terrible, but, you know, not something I'm, you know, really, like, looking forward to starting J.K. Right. Dobbins in my lineup in championship weekend, unless you really need a running back. Um, listen, I have a hot take here, man. Mark Andrews, I, I think he's a bigger bust than Jonathan Taylor. I really yeah, I think do. so. <laughs> Mark Andrews was being drafted in the second round, you know, in all drafts, right? Yeah. Me personally, you know, I was staying away from Mark Andrews this year. And honestly, the reason, one of the reasons why is because of his splits with Mark, you know, with, with, uh, with, of all people, Tyler Huntley, 
and Lamar Jackson, right? But even with Tyler yeah. Huntley this year, he's still not able to get it done, right? And yeah, he's been and on an ex- he... extreme cold streak, <laughs> dude. Early on in the year, like you know, he's had some big games, right? He's had one, two, three, four big, big games in the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. After that, you've been playing him, and you really haven't been getting that much. Now, at least Jonathan Taylor, you know, he was able to kind of fill in for you at least as a as a as a mid RB two, you know, for the most part, I yeah. would say. And you know, I feel like he can kind of get by. Mark Andrews, you know, he got it done for you early in the year, but now when it matters most, you know, he's not coming through. He's not coming through at all, and it's tough because he's had. Four straight games under 10 PPR points. He sees Pittsburgh next week. Are you looking for another option for Mark Andrews yeah. if Lamar Jackson's back? Yeah. Oh, well, okay, hang on. If Lamar Jackson's back, I, I don't know. If Lamar Jackson comes back, I might roll the dice just one more time just to see what I can get because we know what Mark Andrews can be. And, you know, you talk about if Mark Andrews bigger bust than Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Taylor, he was drafted pretty much at the 101. I think he was going yeah. – um, 50-50 at least between him and Christian McCaffrey at the 101. Obviously, we knew Mark Andrews, you know, he's a tight end. We know what he can be at tight end. He was a difference maker last year. He finished over Travis Kelsey, I think, last week. Last year. So we thought that, you know, this would be fantastic. You know, Lamar Jackson comes back. He's going to be the only pass catcher outside of Rashad Bateman. You know, targets have to go somewhere, but that hasn't been the case this season. I think that Jonathan Taylor, the way he was drafted, and Mark Andrews, knowing he was a tight end, um, Tight ends have much less positional value than running backs, I think, at this point. So I think it's hard to call him a bigger bust, you know, overall than um, Jonathan Taylor. But definitely for tight ends, you know, he should be scoring more points than he than he has been, especially by his own standard, like we saw the past few years. Uh, but these numbers that he's putting up, you know, this is like typical t- low end tight end one numbers. It, it's just not what we're used to seeing from Mark Andrews. I think that's why he f- might feel like a bigger bust than um, he might actually be. But. If Lamar Jackson's back, I know it's going to be super tough to trust him in your lineup. There's nobody else really that I'm going to say, yeah, you have to start over him. We know what Mark Andrews can be. And the way that the tight ends have been playing this year, it's been so up and down. Uh, If you have Mark Andrews, I would just start him. Because at this point, I don't like a whole lot outside of him. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, I'll give you a few tight ends. I might be starting over Mark Andrews next week. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's see. You know, you you want to go through Like Evan Ingram. TJ Hawkinson. Yep. TJ Hawkinson, yes. Evan yeah. Ingram, yes. Dalton Schultz, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's all Dalton Schultz. I think I would. I think George it could, Kittle. Yeah, yes. I think it could be a game on the ground for the Cowboys against the Titans because it's supposed to be cold. <laughs> but yeah, we'll but Tennessee is pretty good against the run, right? Yeah. So maybe not. Uh, Dallas Goddard, yes, I would. Uh, that's about it. That's about it. Pat, Pat Fryermuth, maybe. Tyler maybe. Higby after last night's game. Well, Baker Mayfield's maybe. targeting him like crazy. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> that Rams game was weird. We'll see. We'll find out on Thursday when I put those rankings up, and you'll see Mark right. Andrews at number at number two behind Kelsey. Watch. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, it's been on. the default. It's one more know. week it's... for us. Let's not shake it up too much. And <laughs> <laughs> then he ends up going off. Yeah. Um, we talked about Devin Singletary and James Cook potentially having a bigger role this week against the Bears, uh, and both basically ended up rushing for 100 yards each. Uh, I, I would not expect that against Cincinnati this upcoming week. You know, I don't really right. want to start either, you know, because the the, the the work is basically split down the middle or Singletary might get a little bit of a lead there. Uh, if I do start one, I'll, it'll be Singletary. Um, 
but you know, not super excited to start either next week. They can obviously get in for a fluky touchdown here and there, but yeah. you know, I wouldn't really depend on it. Uh, one note for next year, Singletary is set to be a free agent this offseason. Uh, so James Cook, you know, he could be the guy next year, right? He's shown that he can be a legit early down back too. Um, yeah. You know, d- despite his size, like he's obviously a little bit undersized, uh, but uh, you know, he's been looking good. You know, obviously his forte has been in the past game at Georgia, but now like, and you know, his yards at the contact, he, you know, his, his, he, well, missed tackles force hasn't been too high in college, but you know, He's been looking good in the run game in the NFL when he's getting getting when he's given his opportunities. Uh, right. So he could be, you know, some sort of like Tony Pollard light next year potentially. I don't expect him to get like twenty five touches, twenty touches a game, but he could see fifteen to eighteen touches uh, for the Bills' offense and be be perfectly fine next year. We'll see if Naheem Hines is involved or not. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't know what Naheem Hines' contract situation is. I'll take a look at that in a second. But you know, I think next year James Cook has a chance to to really be a legit fantasy asset. I think that's a good call. You know, we talked about this, I think, a little bit earlier in the season about this when we were talking about these two running backs. You know, Devin Singletary could be on his way out. James Cook could be a value next year. Um, just to, you know, hit on the game quick, but, you know, what we saw just this last week, uh, both of these running backs averaged over eight yards a carry on 12 and 11 carries. I'm not expecting that to happen again at all. That's, you know, not really sustainable at this point. Um, and it was the Bears. Yeah, it was the Bears. Um, so that was a good matchup for them. But um, I'm not expecting that to happen, like I said, on a week-to-week basis. Although I'd love to see James Cook, you know, next season get some more touches. And just about Naeem Hines, talk about a confusing trade. Like, what that did they trade for him to be their kick returner? Like, that's the only time I've seen him on the field besides that one yeah. touchdown he caught last week. It was just like one passing snap that he caught a touchdown, if that's what it was. It's just, I, I don't understand what the Bills traded for him, if this is why the Bills traded for for him if this is how they were going to use him you know i figured he would get passing down snaps and you know james cook might not be as involved but uh that hasn't been the case so it's interesting to see how they've used him um i'm not really factoring him in any conversation right now next season unless yeah. they come out and say that yes this is going to be our guy naeem hines is going to be the guy moving forward um if i'm naeem hines i'm confused why i was traded there too you know yeah. it looked like they were planning to use him and they just haven't so especially if you picked him up on the waiver wire, it's been pretty disappointing too from a fantasy perspective. Naheem Hines is uh they they do have an out in his contract with a zero dead cap after this season. So we'll see if he's even on the team this yeah. you know, after this year. If they do decide to keep him, they're gonna have they're gonna be five six million dollars in the hole against the cap uh, this year. So someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, Dawson Knox has really been coming on lately. Three straight games with a touchdown. You know, continue to play him as a tight end one next week. Like whenever we see a streak of touchdowns for a tight end, you know, they automatically become a tight end one. That is now yeah. our process <laughs> for taking our best shot at starting a tight end. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we saw that with Jawan Johnson and now it's happening with Dawson Knox. I think that's absolutely correct. This is kind of what you have to rely on. If he's on a hot streak, you just take him, you know, ride that hot hand until you can't because there aren't that many hot hands in the league going around. Consistency has been nowhere for tight ends besides Travis Kelsey. Everyone else has just been so fluky and all over the place. You can't trust them. So I, I think Dawson Knox, you know, the way he's playing, definitely. Um, although I'm not sure. In, in this game, Stefan Diggs only had two targets. You know, he caught both of them um, for 26 yards. It was it was a rough, rougher weather game. Uh, it's just interesting to see Dawson Knox outpace uh, Stefan Diggs you know, in the passing game. Stefan Diggs has been on a little bit of a cold streak since week 14. Uh, a couple uh, of receivers Je- that, but Jets- yeah. Jets, Miami, and Chicago. Yeah, I'm sure you're talking about Devonta Adams right now, but Stephon yeah, Diggs, <laughs> Stephon Diggs over the last three weeks, single digit fantasy points in PPR. Actually, no, Miami he had ten points, just over. So, yeah, 
yeah yeah but still man like not not great you know this is a guy that you really trying to depend on not a great matchup against Cincinnati next week but regardless like he you know you're still starting him you know he could he could come through with a, a monster game and be the overall wide receiver one right so so you're right. never thinking about replacing him but still a little bit disappointing and you know if you you were depending on him this week it's very possible that you started him and because of him you, you didn't you weren't able to 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 make it to the next round yeah speaking of Stefan Diggs my opponent had him this week so uh in our league the league the only league that matters and if all goes well tonight zach i'll be punching my way to our so, fantasy championship that's gonna be pretty crazy let's see how this goes who you have so he has gerald everett tonight that's it i'm i know i'm, I'm up by 20 and i still have two players left Oh. Keenan Allen and uh Oh my god. And, uh, yeah, what are you sweating about? We're going to the fantasy oh, championship, I'm not, baby. Oh, I'm not I'm not sweating. <laughs> I'm not sweating at all. Yeah, yeah. Don't, it, don't be sweating that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. We're going to the fantasy championship, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Let's I, go. I don't I don't think that we're gonna see anything like that unless Justin Herbert exclusively targets um Gerald Everett. We're not gonna see anything like that. It'll you know, it's funny. Yeah. We had we we kind of knew who the champ what we kind of knew going into yesterday who might be in the championship, you know, going up against me. Yeah. But Jalen Waddle came through and had a huge game and the guy who was down rich he was down in that matchup and Jalen waddle came through and now he's up by like 0. 0.2 0. 0.2 yeah points or something like that like it looks like <laughs> point point one four points yeah so insane, just, just dude. four and a half passing yards <laughs> insane that's the difference insane. it's crazy insane. so yeah yeah that's awesome well if he makes it through it's me and my close buddies we're gonna go up against each other yeah, yeah and you know what you know what's funny about him that's his first time ever playing fantasy, playing football. fantasy football. Yeah, I think everybody, we about this. <laughs> everybody else in this league are veterans. I would say fantasy yeah. football veterans. They, you know, we've had some. We have some fantasy football analysts in this. In this, uh, in, we have like four or five fantasy football analysts in this league. Yeah. Um, we have you know a couple of close friends or whatever. But and this is a guy I've been trying to get to play fantasy football for a while. Sometimes. You know, you need that unique perspective, right? Where where you're just like, you know, we overanalyze a lot of times. (laughs) And then like and then he, you know, he comes in like, oh, this guy's scoring points. I'm gonna add him. That's really what it comes down to, right? And like literally that's how he's made it It all the way. Takes away the inhibition when it comes to waivers and stuff like that. You know, you're not worried about how it's gonna go. You just pick up the guy on the hot streak. Sometimes that's how it works, and sometimes that's not how it works. I think I think it's beginner's luck. We've seen this many times. Yeah, um, it happens all the time. It like if you play March Madness too. Like I, I played March Madness last year, and I got my sister of all people to play, and she won. So <laughs> it's beginner's <laughs> luck. <laughs> they, oh, she, she probably picked them based on like the colors of the teams, and that's who she wants to win. I I couldn't believe it. But um, that he was has like, a yeah. Go ahead. He has a good team. So yeah. you know, I'm I am worried next week he has a really good team so so we'll see how that ends up going uh if i if he beats me in the championship man i'm gonna be i'm gonna be sick i should never invited him to this league um (laughs) well you're you're in second place at least so you'll be getting it more than than your money back in this league definitely oh Oh, i'd be okay with that you know what i'm saying i'm not okay with that i'm looking for first place it's first place or bust baby that's all all i want i want that trophy uh we are going to get a perpetual trophy by the way that we'll be we'll be passing around in our league so that should be fun um justin feels uh he couldn't come through yeah unfortunately in this one only 11 rushing yards on seven carries the bills you know it seemed like they were they came prepared you know for this game they didn't allow fields to get anything going on in the run game um and therefore he didn't come through like if he's not going to come <laughs> through in the run game like he's just not going to come through period uh, especially given the fact that he has no wide receivers 
Um, but against Detroit next week, though, if you were able to overcome Justin Fields' performance, if you had some other guys go off, you got to fire Fields up against Detroit. You know, he had 40 yeah. points uh, against Detroit the first time he went up against them in four-point pass touchdown scoring. Yeah, that's absolutely, you know, don't worry about this performance, you know, against the Bills in bad weather. I'm not worried about it. You know, he still was efficient in the passing game. You know, he had 119 yards and a touchdown on 15 and 23 completions. So it wasn't bad in the passing game. It's just a rushing supplement wasn't there. So, yeah, definitely next week start against Detroit. We saw what he did the first time, like you said, with those 40 points uh, on the ground. He had that long rushing touchdown, too. I'm not paying too much attention to this as far as a fantasy perspective with Justin Fields. It's his first dud since I think like week five or six. You know, he's been playing fantastic outside of that. Uh, it was bound to happen. And it was funny because I actually think I said last week on the podcast that he might be due for a quiet game. Um, and it kind of happened this week. So I- I'm not worried about Justin Fields at all. I figured at some point it was going to happen. Um, definitely next week. Just fire him up like you were last week. He's still, he's still going to be a top five fantasy quarterback, if not maybe top three, you know, against Detroit next week um, yeah. for the fantasy championship. And, you know, his his backfield mate, David Montgomery, he played about 66% of snaps with Khalil Herbert back. Um, so he's still in the RB2 conversation next week against the Lions. Um, you know, and we'll get to Chuba Hubbard and those guys, you know, soon. But, like, you know, the Lions were super, super stout, you know, against the run. But the good thing is that, you know, David Montgomery is involved in the pass game enough. Um, to where you can play him and he can give you a solid floor regardless. Even if Khalil Herbert gets a few more snaps uh, than he did this week, uh, you know, than he did this week uh, yeah. in weeks in week seventeen. Yeah, I don't know uh, about Khalil Herbert really. <laughs> At this okay, point, oh, you're not okay. He he might still come back. You know, I don't think his touches are going to go up too much more to bite in Dave Montgomery's workload because it's pretty much Justin Fields, Dave Montgomery, and then maybe Khalil Herbert can jump in on this offense. But outside of that, there's not not really much I like. I mean, Cole Komet had a quiet game, too. So, Justin Fields is out of options in the passing game. They're going to have to use the running backs. I think Dave Montgomery is their guy for next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. One of our sleepers this week, Marquise Goodwin. Huge disappointment. Yeah. Big donut that, in your game, that game was a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I know it was cold. It was a disappointment. Yeah, it was a disappointment. Yeah. The Seahawks wide receivers, you know, had their shirts off before the game. Uh, (laughs) That didn't age too well. Uh, But if you were desperate enough to start Marquise Goodwin, uh, like I was in a couple leagues, you know, I'm overcoming that donut in one league, and I'm not overcoming it in in another league. But, you know, he did get hurt in this game. You know, he stayed out for a big chunk of the game, so that didn't help because of that wrist. Uh, But he definitely didn't help you move into the championship round. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, now, if you were worried about Kenneth Walker, you know, he ended up getting 26 carries after not yep. even practicing all week. So just assume that he'll be good to go next week, regardless of his practice status. And he looked good. Uh, you know, uh, there was nothing in this game that looked that I was like, oh, he doesn't look good or anything like that. He's He looks fine to me. So continue to fire him up. 26 carries, didn't score, but that's, that's, that's really what you want to see moving forward. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely. 26 carries for 107 yards. It's over four yards carry. Definitely. He didn't score a touchdown. That was disappointing. Um, but the way the offense was playing just overall was not conducive to fantasy points. Um, we had, we saw DK Metcalf. He was able to get it done, but Kenneth Walker, um, he, you know, I, I think he did really well. DJ Dallas obviously had that high receiving workload. He had six targets and he caught all six of them. So it's kind of buoying his production. Uh, I'm not worried about him cutting too far into Kenneth Walker's work. Cause we know that Kenneth Walker, if they're running the ball, it's going to be Walker. So definitely. Walker is the guy moving forward. And Marquise Goodwin, I, I'm with you. You know, I thought this was going to be a good game for him. I thought that this was going to be a high-scoring game, and it just didn't end up being that. You know, the Chiefs are playing ahead the whole time, and you'd think that would be good for the receivers, but Geno Smith recently is kind of coming back down to earth. And it's like the Seahawks are faltering in their playoff hopes. I'm not sure if Geno Smith is going to be able to bring them back. It looked like they were missing Tyler Locke in the passing game pretty yeah. much yesterday. Yeah, they were. They were. Uh, Kadarius Tony ended up scoring for the Chiefs. Only ran nine routes though, uh, yep. so not like super startable next week. You know, unless you need some deep options and you know had a chance at a touchdown on a good offense. Uh, most of his snaps were near the goal line in the red zone, so that's that's good. Like he'll, he he will have a chance of scoring. He does have those packages. Um, Nicole Harmon can be back though. Just keep that in mind. But maybe he'll be limited in his first game back. Um, I would say that Tony is a boom bust option in Week 17. Um, you know, but nothing more than that. I wouldn't consider him reliable at all. No, I wouldn't consider him reliable at all. And I think for that reason, I might leave him out of my lineup because he had a terrible snap share, terrible round participation. Yeah. You know, it's not anything that I want to rely on. The touchdown might make it look a little bit more, you know, sustainable than, um, you know, we'd like to think it is, but it, it's not. Uh, I'd rather start Juju, definitely. Uh, I think I could find other options too that I'd like. It doesn't seem like there's any reliable Chiefs pass catcher outside of Travis Kelsey, even though Juju Smith-Schuster has been a little bit better as of late. Obviously, he put up a quiet game this game, but the Chiefs were playing from ahead the whole time, so they didn't have to throw the ball at all. Travis Kelsey's the only guy that I'm happy starting in the passing game. But Patrick Mahomes, even with, you know, all the receivers having a quiet day, he still has, you know, a good fantasy day. So he seems like he's going to be good uh, regardless. It doesn't matter. It's been the case all season. Um, you think you see Patrick Mahomes who puts up 23 points in fantasy that you'd see more from the receivers. That wasn't the case. It's going to be quite a decision with Juju next week going up against Denver. You know, he had a decent yeah. matchup against them a couple days, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, th- that was their first, you know, Kawan Williams' first game back. You know, he didn't play, you know, a full complement of snaps. So, you know, will he be able to do his thing against, against, will Juju be able to do his thing against them this upcoming week? We'll see. But it's going to be interesting. He, he'll probably be, you know, still, a wide receiver too for me. Uh, but you know, you got to temper expectations just, just a little bit going into next week. Yeah. I think um, we've been yeah, tempering expectations for Juju pretty much, you know, the whole season since the first few weeks didn't go the way we wanted it to. He's had a couple good games, but you know, like this kind of game, it's liable to happen any week. It seems like, and I thought this would be a much better matchup. You know, my bull prediction last week was that he would have two touchdowns. Um, it wasn't a shootout at all. So that kind of fell flat on its face. We'll see um, if we can get back on track next week, if I would make another bold prediction. But Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm not worried about him. It's just this kind of game can happen anytime. Yeah. Uh, Jerk McKinnon, he only had seven opportunities this week. That was pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but again, like you said, the Chiefs were up all game long. You know, at least he ended up scoring to save your day. Uh, yeah. But Mahomes, he only had 28 attempts, you know, like you said. So, you know, next week against Denver <laughs> – they're probably going to be depending on the run again, right? That's that's that would be my guess. Like, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was able to get it done though against Denver, so you know, maybe Patrick yeah. Mahomes can as well. We'll see. Um, if the Rams <laughs> can beat up on him, I'm sure the I'm sure the Chiefs can too. Yeah. Um, 
both Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb saw 20-plus carries. Uh, Taysom Hill had nine carries and a touchdown. The receivers didn't do anything in that game. Uh, pretty much what we expected out of that you know, Brown-Saints game in that terrible weather. Amari Cooper actually had a decent game considering the weather, 6-for-72. Uh, yeah. you know, it's not like you missed a whole lot if you didn't start Amari Cooper. Um, it's not like he went off or anything like that, but he had a decent game, uh, a lot better than I thought. But you know what? This was at home. This was at home <laughs> yeah. for the Browns, so Amari Cooper had to do something, he had no choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah you, you that's, know. that's what it comes down to at this point. But moving forward, like, you know, still, like, at the end of the day, it's like in a, in a, in a better weather game, in a normal game next week. By the way, week 17, a lot of good weather. Okay, just That's looking ahead. A good sign. Yeah, and week seventeen, <laughs> week sixteen was just absolutely terrible. But you know, going next week, we should be fine for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, the the Browns have Washington next week. You know, not the best matchup for wide receivers. Um, you know, I think Donovan Peoples Jones still an option though. Amari Cooper still tempering expectations on him the rest yeah. of the way. Definitely. And that's what we've been saying, you know, this whole time since Deshaun Watson's come back. It hasn't been good news for Amari Cooper, but he did have 10 targets, like inexplicably in that weather. It's like, I didn't think anybody was going to get more than five. And then Amari Cooper, the guy that we kind of been crapping on, you know, these past few weeks, especially with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, comes out and gets double digit targets. It's just hilarious. Um, he didn't do a whole <laughs> lot with him, like you said. Um, you didn't miss whole much, a whole lot if he was on the bench. I expected a bigger game from Nick Chubb. And this has kind of been Nick Chubb's thing the past few weeks you know he doesn't do a whole lot of scoring at all but he gets those high yardage outputs um he's good for those single game props you know that you're picking uh for underdog getting that rushing yardage but outside of that he hasn't been doing much for fantasy teams um you know these past few weeks so kareem hunt same thing the uh, offense it's, it's really that touch, a touchdown regression is getting to him like yeah he's he's scored in the first eight weeks of the season he scored three four five seven eight he scored 10 touchdowns in eight weeks yeah. no 11 touchdowns in nine weeks. So, yeah. So now he has his first, like, few games without scoring a touchdown. He's due next week, guys. He's due. He's scoring two touchdowns next week. It's, Nick Chubb. It's calling it's, it right now. It's time for the fantasy championship breakout. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. Um, that would be something if you call that. But, you know, like we said, that touchdown still hasn't been there. And we've just been seeing the high yardage output. And I think it has to do, you know, just with the Browns offense taking a big step back with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Obviously, they can't go back to Jacoby Brissett now. You know, they're out of the playoffs. There's no reason to. But um, it's just been interesting with Nick Chubb. Um, I, I thought that was good. And then Alvin Kamara, like you said, he put up a good performance. He did have that touchdown. And then Taysom Hill, he scored a touchdown. So I think that kind of justifies what we were calling for. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, I think that sure. justifies us calling for a game <laughs> from him. He, he did what he needed to do. And he didn't finish, you know, as low as he could have. Um, in a, especially in a bad game, Andy Dalton was just horrific in the weather. Um they did end up winning this game, but Taysom Hill, I think, was a good call this week. Keep starting Nick Chubb, guys. Yeah, still a RB, oh. still a RB one play. Yeah. Keep starting him. You know, he he has the potential to score one fifty and two any given week. So, just just start him no matter what. I thought um, for sure it would be this week. <laughs> I'll be honest. No, I you thought, know what? I though? I, I'm not surprised he didn't score because I just feel like, you know, I thought the volume was going to be there, but yeah. you know, I didn't expect a lot of scoring in this game. You know, just just mm. be able to move the ball consistently, have some drives and stuff like that. I feel like that was the issue, and that really was the issue in this game. You know, to be yeah. honest. Uh, let's see. Go to the Giants game. Each of Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, and Darius Slayton all had at least seventy nine yards receiving uh, in this game. And you know, what did we say before this game that all these guys can potentially get it done? Yeah. Right. And, and who did we <laughs> say we liked best this week in terms of matchup? Isaiah Hodgins. 
right? So if you ended up being desperate enough to throw him in, he was like one of our main sleepers last week. He got you eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's his third touchdown in four games. And next week he gets Indy. Uh, he's another like desperate flex next week. But, you know, I, I don't like him nearly as much as I liked him this week, obviously. Um, right. But, you know, uh, let's see how the Chargers wide receivers do against Indy tonight. Uh, Kenny Moore is out tonight. They're nickel corner. Uh, the Chargers nickel. I'm sorry, the uh, Colts nickel corner. Um, so if he's out again next week, then Richie James might be the play out of the slot for the Giants. If you can choose any any Giants wide receiver. Right. So Richie James is the play next week where Isaiah Hodgins was last week. We got Isaiah Hodgins right last week. So maybe maybe Richie James, you know, you want to listen to us, maybe start him if you want a desperate flex. But you're right. I think this kind of borders on, I put it in the graphic here, you know, it looks like we can start anyone against the Vikings yeah, and they'll be able to do what they much. need to do. Daniel Jones is at quarterback and he's making Isaiah Hodgins look like, you know, a fantasy wide receiver one. Man, I, I couldn't believe that. I thought for sure that there would be, you know, some sort of vindication for the Vikings defense that they can stop somebody, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Richie James had a good game too. Darius Slayton, like you said, he only had, he had 79 yards on four catches it wasn't a humongous day but you know when two other receivers have more points than him they're having a pretty good day Saquon too had a good game this week so it wasn't a bad game for the Giants offense um I'm not inspired to like start Isaiah Hodgins again um Richie James even I know the matchup isn't bad next week but we'll see how it goes um I, I don't like Daniel Jones as you know but he was able to come through too he had a high uh passing volume as well in this game um, and we figured that might be the case against Minnesota. So definitely, yeah, Isaiah Hodgins, he he looked good this week. I'm not sure how much I trust him next week, but he might have pushed you to your championship. Because if, if you start him as desperate flex, you're probably expecting like 10 points out of him, maybe 14 yeah. points, and he puts up 22. You know, you're yeah. well over projected uh, on that and on that total. You know, at the end of the day, you, you know who has the best matchup next week? You know, if if Kenny Moore ends up playing for the for the Colts next week. Isaiah Hodgins has the best matchup of all the wide receivers again next week against the Colts. You know, coming into this week, the Colts have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side over the previous four weeks, the seventh most over the last eight weeks coming into this week. So Isaiah Hodgins might have another week. Three touchdowns in three touchdowns in four weeks, maybe four and five. We'll see. That would be that would be something. We'll see. <laughs> be really be something. Isaiah Hodgins, fantasy football championship winner. Playoff MVP. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, though, man, both him and Justin Jefferson saw 16 targets each. You kidding me, dude? Yeah. 13 for 109 and two touchdowns for Hawkinson. This dude has like a serious weekly ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let me ask you this question, man. Like, is he somebody like Kirk Cousins is going to be in the Vikings next year, right? Signed that two year deal. He's going to be there. He's yep. going to be their guy. Justin Jefferson, obviously, there. Adam Thielen getting older. Right, there's no one else there. Is TJ Hawkinson somebody that you'll be aiming for in drafts next year? Uh, assuming that nobody, you know, jumps in during the draft or the free agency, you know, nobody comes in a big pass catcher, a big name. I, I right. think so. You have to, you know, outside outside of you know the top five that we usually talk about each year. Is there anybody you want to take over him? You know, for next season, especially with this type of ceiling. Obviously, he's been a little hot and cold, but that's been the way his career has been. You know, he has a low a, a, a low floor, but also a very high ceiling. I think he's definitely somebody worth targeting, you know, next year. Um, we can, we're obviously going to talk a whole lot, you know, over the offseason about that. But <laughs> yeah. the way that this game looked, they traded for him. And this is how you use a player that you traded for. Take notes, Bills. I know you just picked up Naeem, Naeem Hines. <laughs> and Naeem Hines maybe isn't the guy, the talent, or the guy that you, draft, you wanted to 
get like TJ Hawkinson was for the Vikings. But this is how you use a guy that you traded for. Um, with Justin Jefferson, I think that's why he's a bit volatile. You know, obviously with Justin Jefferson on the same offense, they both got 16 targets. That's not always going to be the case. Um, but with this type of upside and a good offense on a good team, um, I'll take that tight end any day. This is what we wanted Irv Smith to be a couple of years ago. He couldn't stay healthy. And uh, they finally turned to someone else in TJ Hawkinson. It looks like they have their guy um, for the rest of the foreseeable future, especially next season. Um, as long as Kirk Cousins there, I think you're right on the money that this is a guy that we should be targeting next season. Really, really disappointing game uh, for Ramondre Stevenson. You know, he just didn't get enough touches. 91% of snaps, though. 15 touches, you know, really not going to get it done, especially yeah. if he's not getting a ton in the receiving game. Only two catches for three yards. So, you know, if you made it through the champion, made it through to the championship round, like despite his performance this week, continue to start him, you know, as yeah. a solid RB1 next week against Miami. 91% of snaps. That's going to continue even with Damian Harris back potentially next week. Um, just continue to roll with Ramondre, even though, you know, he might not have got it done for you, <laughs> you know, this week. Hopefully you were able to overcome that performance. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's been getting it done all, all week. This was like the one mulligan. You know, it mm. is what it is. He's he's human after all. You know, we've yeah. called the matchup proof a couple of times on this podcast, but um, it looks like this matchup was a little bit too much. It didn't help. You know, obviously, yeah, the 91% snap share. It didn't help that they were playing from behind pretty much the whole game and they had to throw themselves back in the game, that would be why guys like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers were able to get it done. Jacoby Myers on on the, the good end of another crazy play at the end zone, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he caught that tip for the touchdown. It was pretty crazy. But um, with Ramondre <laughs> yeah. Stevenson, you know, I think this was bound to happen. You know, this type of game script is not going to be very favorable for him, and I was surprised to see this. I wish he could have gotten a little bit more work on the ground, but when you're throwing the whole you know, second half to get back into the game. Um, this is what's going to happen. Hopefully you were able to get through it. We know what my, what Ramondre Stevenson is, you know, as far as his fantasy value. And hopefully he can get back to that next week in a pretty good matchup against Miami. Well, you know, you would hope that if you're throwing the whole second half that he would get more than three targets, right? You would hope yeah. that he's get what he was normally getting. He was getting six, seven catches a game, right? So that's what you were kind of hoping for, um, you know. But unfortunately, like that didn't happen. I think this is more of a fluky game than anything. So just continue to start him. It's um, funny. It's funny because, yeah. you know, for throwing themselves back into the game, Mac Jones had 33 um, pass attempts to Joe Burrow's 52, who was playing with a lead. So yeah. that was a little bit interesting. That was just like something odd that I saw about this game. Um, kind of makes sense, though, because you, you don't really want to run the ball against the Patriots. Their, their vulnerability is really on the back end in the secondary. So this was smart, smart game plan by by Zach Taylor to be honest with you the only issue was that they couldn't really get anything going in the second half right that's when you kind of yeah. have to like you know just just keep putting your you know just just keep you know, I, I can't even talk right now just like <laughs> I, I just I you know you know sometimes on a Monday you're trying to get things a Monday after you know, Christmas come on Monday yeah dude cut him some slack <laughs> I, I, I did I, you know I did I did put some back yesterday you know what I'm saying you know I'm feeling okay <laughs> this morning though you know yeah, yeah, yeah um no but but you know what my point is this you know, you got to put your foot on the throat regardless. Like, even if you're up 20 points or whatever it was after the first half. Yeah. You got you, you to gotta, you gotta do what you were doing in the first half to keep it going. Um, right. Moving on to the Lions and Panthers. Both DJs got it done in this game. DJ Shark, you know, we were back in this week, right? He had a, obviously had a really tough matchup against the Jets last week. We did not like him in that matchup for good reason. And we were back in this week. He gave us yet another 100-yard performance. So keep starting this man. You know, great matchup against Chicago next week. Uh, he's a wide receiver three, man. You know, he's a wide yeah. receiver three with upside. Uh, basically, he's been averaging 100 yards uh, receiving 
uh, you know, outside of the Jets game <laughs> last week, mm-hmm. like three basically basically three hundred yard games for DJ Shark. So he's yeah, he's doing his thing. Keep starting him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because he's been like one of the easier players to predict their performance. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Minnesota, they had that good game. We know obviously you're starting everyone against Minnesota. Then they go to New York and you say, just lay off. You know, obviously he had that bad game and he comes back against Carolina. He has a good game. So I think that's pretty interesting um, that he's been that predictable. And against Chicago, do you trust him? You know, what's, what's yeah. your, yeah, I, I think I that do. has to be the case. I, I, I was just making I, sure that we we're on the same page because yeah, he's pretty predictable. So he should go for 100 yards, guys. You know, now that we're saying that he's a good game, <laughs> he should be good for 100 yards next week. Uh, obviously, I think with Justin Fields at quarterback, this could be a shootout between the Lions and the Bears, especially with the Lions like on their last leg for playoff hopes and the Bears trying to play spoiler in the division. We'll see how that game goes. It's a good storyline heading into that one. But DJ Chark, he's been super reliable, like you said, outside of that matchup against the Jets. So I, I like him, like you said, as a wide receiver three. I think he has wide receiver two upside um, each week. Yeah, he does. And the other DJ on the other side came through. We did like him this week as well. Recommended him. He was my, I think, he was a mid wide receiver two for us. Uh, five for wide receiver twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five for eighty three and a touchdown. Uh, solid start against Tampa next week as well. So you know he's found his his rhythm with Sam Darnold. Three touchdowns over the last three games with Darnold and all three of his starts he got a touchdown. No, actually no. Uh, he he shit the bed like two weeks ago. So <laughs> three Seattle. three three out of the four against Seattle in tough matchup, but three out of the four games he's got it done. Um, yeah. So just continue to start DJ DJ Moore moving forward. Uh, but how about Chuba Hubbard and Don, Deontay Foreman, dude? You know, combining <laughs> for almost 300 yeah. rushing yards uh, after Detroit has been ridiculously good against the run game uh, since their bye week. Uh, but not what anyone expected, man. These guys, you know, might have been on your bench. You know, hopefully you have the guts or the desperation to start one of them, specifically Deontay Foreman, because he ended up scoring. Yeah. Um, but now you look at Tampa next week. They're still a little tough to start, man. Yeah, I, I'm not. We can't expect this type of performance every week. Um, and it seems like we're saying this a lot about a lot of players. But Deontay Foreman, you know, he had the 21 carries. That's the one thing. He had 24 carries. At, uh, was it a week ago or two weeks ago when he had 72 yards? And this week he had 21 carries for 165 and a touchdown. You know, I'm not trusting these guys on a consistent basis because you know either one is liable to take over for the other. Chuba Hubbard, he did have 12 carries for 125 yards. That's ridiculous. Not expecting that to continue happening either. Um, neither of them got any receiving work because the run game was just going so well for them. I'm not, you know, discounting Chuba Hubbard's receiving work value. I think this game script was just, you know, it was working in their favor running the ball. So Chuba Hubbard didn't get those passes. I think he still has, you know, a safer floor week to week because of that. But Deontay Foreman, as we've seen, has a higher upside um, because he has that rushing workload. And he is liable, like we said, to put up this type of 100-yard performance and a touchdown on the ground. So I like Chuba Hubbard. If you want to play it safe, but Deontay Foreman, I think if you're on the upside, you play him. Raheem Blackshear, he did also have that touchdown. It could have been a bigger day for either one of these two guys, too. Um, but bottom line, it was a running game that was getting it done this week. I'm surprised DJ Moore had as good of a game as he did with this going on in the backfield. Yeah, you know, it, you know, against Tampa, with the way Tampa has been playing, man, they just haven't been putting up points. So the yeah. game script might be fine for Deontay Foreman next week. You know, so the fact that he got 20 plus carries in three of the last four games, you kind of have to just take a shot. Yeah, he had a bad game against Pittsburgh. They couldn't get anything going, you know, on, on the ground game. But Tampa, you know, over the last four weeks, they've allowed uh, 400 rushing yards to running backs. So, you know, 100 yards per game there. So, like, I feel like, you know, John Foreman might be fine next week. So I would consider him maybe a low end RB2 next week. 
you know, just because of the fact that, you know, he could potentially get another 20 plus carry game. That's and true. If anyone's getting 20 carries, you know, you kind of have to, you know, put them on your right. You ha- you, yeah. yeah, exactly. You kind of have to, you know, potentially just throw them in your lineup, you know, if that's going to be the case. Obviously, the Pittsburgh game really put a bad taste in our mouth, um, you know, going into this this past week. Would you like putting Deontay Shit. Foreman in at your flex? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. How about um, you? Know, it, I, I didn't like them this week against the Lions because they, the Lions, the Lions have been absolutely stout against the run game lately. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, 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 you should see the names that they have been like stifling, right? You know, going yeah. into this this week. Unbelievable. They they did all that in the first half, dude. They each had yeah. 100 yards in the first half, which is insane. Chuba Hubbard um, had like 70 yards in the first five or six minutes. I thought he I was going to be the Two guy. big runs. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, what was your question? I'm sorry. I missed it. No, I, I, I was I just asking, you know, if Chuba Hubbard would be someone you would put in your flex too. Would you be, think either of these guys could be in your flex? Or do you think Deontay Foreman really only has consideration for that? You know, I, I agree with you. I think Chuba has a little bit of a higher floor in PPR because he might get a couple more receptions. Yeah. Um, but I think I'd rather throw Deontay Foreman into my flex, you know, than Chuba Hubbard if I had the choice between the two, just because of that upside of 20 plus carries. Shane Zilstra, who you should not pick up on the waiver wire, yeah. he had three touchdowns for the Lions in this game. So sorry, Amon Ra. Sorry, sorry, uh, DJ Shark. Uh, you know, you couldn't got you got you guys couldn't get any of those touchdowns because Shane Zilstra was a hogging them all. Uh, I would not expect this to continue because there were three tight ends running routes in this one. So he just happened to be the guy this week. So don't chase these points. Leave Shane Zilstra on the waiver wire. Let someone else pick him up. Uh, If someone else is picking him up in the championship week, consider yourself lucky. If somebody started Um, Shane Zilstra, you know, this week, (laughs) please DM DM me that and I'll send you $500 right now. (laughs) I'll demo you 500 bucks. If if Uh, someone in your league started Shane Zilstra. That would be just <laughs> crazy. Like, I, if someone starts Shane Zilstra, they better, like, I don't know, can they tell the future? Like, what would they do? You can't play the yeah. lottery. But, man, they should go do some sports betting or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that would be crazy. DeAndre Swift didn't come through, uh, but he did play on 56% of snaps. That led the Lions this week. You know, I'm playing both him and Jamal Williams next week against the Bears. If I'm in my championship, you know, the Bears, you know, they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. We just saw what James Cook and Devin Singletary did on limited work. Um, you know, hopefully it didn't cause you to lose this week. You know, neither Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift because neither of them really came through. Um, but next week against the Bears, I'll be back in. <laughs> I can't believe we're still holding on to hope. With these guys, DeAndre Swift <laughs> especially, you know, it's like, well, he had four carries and a couple looks in the receiving game. But let's just hope that he can get back to it. You know, it feels it's just terrible. DeAndre Swift, I think he might be a candidate for one of the biggest letdowns. Obviously, he was injured, but you know, this yes. whole season, it's, it's just been rough with DeAndre Swift, and we're giving him all these mulligans. Hopefully, he can get something done next week in a better matchup against the Bears. But I mean, this was just horrific. Um, obviously, the game script didn't really favor him. You know, we do know him as the receiving back, but it was just Jared Goff to Shane Zilstra yesterday. So I, I think that DeAndre Swift, it's a complete, complete shot in the dark upside, you know, play if you want DeAndre Swift in your lineup next week. Because at this point, he's not getting anywhere near the workload that we need to be able to trust him. And I don't even know what the outlook is for next season. You know, and we'll talk about that. we got plenty of time this offseason to, to discuss that. But Jamal Williams, too. He had a terrible day. <laughs> Seven carries for 11 yards. It's a terrible average. No touchdowns. He isn't a touchdown machine anymore. And Justin Jackson, that guy that was taking carries for them, had negative one yards. So yeah. it's just terrible. It's bad days in the Detroit backfield right now. 
It really is. But against Chicago, I'm taking my shot. I'm All taking right. my shot. You're a little I'm bit more confident shot. than I am. Yeah, yeah. Confident? I don't know if confidence is the word, but I'm well, taking my shot. I'm taking my shot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like sitting there. Like I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm taking my shot. I might go try and find somebody else. But who knows? There's probably nobody else in the waiver wire at this point. I'm to probably going to have both of these guys ranked as low end RB twos next week. Right against the Bears. So we have Deontay so. Foreman. That's going to be a low end RB two. They're all going to be ranked in the same spot. Williams. All of them. All of them are going to be sharing that twenty four. Who of RB those three? Spot. Who of those three are you starting? Foreman. Okay, so it's pretty easy for you. I, I would say so. Foreman. Yeah. yeah. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. George Kittle, he's winning people championships. Six for 120 <laughs> and two touchdowns this week. This yep. was a tough matchup. He still came through. Four for 93 and two touchdowns the week before. You're firing his ass up against Vegas next week. Let's hope yeah. it continues if you have him. He just punched you a ticket to the championship. Purdy was locked in, into Kittle in this one, man. 36% target share. So Purdy's been locked into him since he came in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I love and, and with it. Debo, with Debo out, Kittle has historically uh, gotten a way more production with Debo Samuel out of the lineup. So, you know, continue to fire him up, man. A, a lot going in his favor moving forward. Yeah, George Kittle, the biggest beneficiary of Brock Purdy coming in, you know, has been George Kittle. Trey Lance didn't really – we didn't get to see much of him, but he didn't really dial into George Kittle a whole lot because he was out. Um, let's see. Then we have Jimmy Garoppolo, and we saw him. He had a couple good games, a stretch from week week six to eight. You know, obviously, he had a couple few, a couple good games, but then he quieted down. And then Brock Purdy comes in, and he's showing, like, that playmaking ability that we saw back in 2019, you know, and he's getting that target share that we need. He's looking like a top tight end right now. Do we rank him over Mark Andrews next week? I mean, the yes. way that he's being targeted by Brock Purdy, you know, I think that yes. it's he has Kelsey a case, and, he has it's a case Kelsey and Kittle in the top two. two. 
yeah, yeah he's a definitely. good speed tight end too um you know I, I actually kind of forgot about him when we talked about mark andrews earlier um george Kittle, you know he's having a really good really good end of the season here he might be winning championships he might also be winning consolation brackets because he's kind of been <laughs> a, a bit of a letdown as well this season right um not as bad as mark andrews but definitely you know in that range where you know he hasn't been what we wanted him to be or what we know he can be we've seen that the past two weeks and i'm looking at this now was he actually the tight end three on the week with 30 points like <laughs> hey man you can't you can't discount shane zostra okay well shane yeah. zostra i think had 25 ppr points Oh, really? <laughs> um, George Kittle had 30. I know TJ Hawkinson had 35. Who are we missing? Who had a bigger tight end day? Uh, let's see. So TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. And That's right. Kittle. Okay. So, yep. so Higby had 0. 0.4 more fantasy points than, than George Kittle. Yeah. That's fair. Because of all Man. the receptions. Suddenly, tight ends are plenty in week, in week 16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jahan Dotson, though, man. Six for 76 and a touchdown on nine targets. Uh, I was recommending Dotson big time this week if you listen to last week's shows, and he came through. If you were desperate enough to start him, he came through. A couple of our desperate wide receiver plays actually end up coming through. Yeah. Um, Between and, you know, the command- Dotson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the commanders did make a quarterback change, by the way, in the second half. They brought in Carson Wentz in to replace Taylor Heineke after a pick six. It's very possible – we see Wentz get the start next week against Cleveland. Um, and if that happens, we've seen these wide receivers, you know, kind of take a step forward overall. It, you know, Carson Wentz did hurt uh, McLaurin, but he helped yeah. Curtis Samuel yeah. and he helped Jahan Dotson too. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing for me, you know, seeing Carson Wentz come in. Obviously, I think it was Heineken that threw a touchdown to Dotson. Yeah, it was. Right? It was. So that was before, obviously, Carson Wentz came in. But Dotson, he's looking healthy, like you said. Um, he's had very similar stat lines these past few weeks. You know, he scored a touchdown in each of those games. He's a touchdown machine at this point, you know. He he looks like he's going to be really good. And I'm interested not only just for the rest of this season, obviously Carson Wentz coming in. That doesn't really change my opinion on Jahan Dotson at this point. You know, I think any quarterback is going to be able to do what they need to do. Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz are both, you know, serviceable quarterbacks. So I'm not worried about Jahan Dotson this season. But I wonder how we'll be ranking Jahan Dotson next season if they can get an actual quarterback. You know what I'm saying in Washington? I like, think he's going to be undervalued regardless. You think so? Yeah. I'll be one of the storylines so. maybe this offseason. Because McLaurin is still going to be there, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously McLaurin's going to be drafted over him, but I think Dallas is going to be a serious value. I really do. I, I think he could be. And he was one of those guys that I called, you know, I, I said that he'd be a really solid receiver. I'm not sure if he has, like, playmaking ability, like, you know, like guys like Devontae Adams. Obviously, that's yeah. a high bar, but he's going to be super dependable. And those guys tend to get it done. Like, kind of Doug Baldwin ask. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you remember those days, I could see him kind of filling that type of role. So, you're right. I think he could be undervalued going into the next season. Um, but it's going to be tough to overlook that every, all these games that he started, you know, he's scored a lot of touchdowns. That might help him a little bit in terms of his value, bringing that up, um, because the offense hasn't been bad. As bad as a quarterback situation is, that's what I'm saying. If they can get a good quarterback, I know there have been rumors. Like, there's a bunch of quarterbacks hitting the free agent market. Lamar Jackson, most notably, maybe, if they don't get anything done in um, Baltimore. But I wonder if he'd go to Washington. <laughs> Do you know who Matt Harmon, Matt, ha- Matt Harmon, who, you know, does yeah, the reception, reception. reception. Um, Do you know who uh, his comp was for Jahan Dotson? Was it Doug Baldwin? Did Doug Baldwin. <laughs> nice job, okay, I swear nice I didn't even look at I didn't even look I, at that. I, I know you didn't. It's, it's just didn't. something that you know. Great job. It Great just job. reminds me of that type of role <laughs> that he might play. There you go. There you go. And that's that's literally that was his comp. Nice job. 
Nailed it. <laughs> um, high scoring game, man, between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Your Cowboys got it done. Yeah. When it was all said and done. Uh, but Gardner Minshew came through for fantasy, not only for himself, but for Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Devontae Smith has been balling lately. Four touchdowns over the last four games. He took advantage of a banged up Cowboys secondary, caught two touchdowns on this one. Um, and Dallas Goddard, by the way, he came back to a full-time role, so roll him out next week as you normally would, uh, yep. regardless of whether, you know, who the quarterback is, you know, whether it's Minshew or Hurts. Uh, but Minshew came through, man. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't surprised. You know, especially with Devontae Smith. I said about it last week, you know, the Cowboys secondary is banged up outside of Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs had a bad game yesterday, not yesterday, two days ago, too. So it was just a good game overall for the pass catchers. But I said that a guy like Devontae Smith would be able to pop off. He had two touchdowns. So I'm feeling pretty good about that one. I saw that one coming from a little bit of a mile away. Dallas Goddard, he had three catches. That was it. But he had 67 yards. There were big catches every time he was getting the ball. Um, towards the end of the game, the Eagles offense could get, couldn't get anything done. Also, they turned the ball over four times. So obviously that's going to hurt Dallas Goddard's production. I think if they bring those down a little bit, which they can definitely against the Saints next week, we could see Dallas Goddard have a big game. Um, so I like him as a top five. He's jumping right back into that conversation now. He's back from injury. Yeah. And Gardner Minshew, you know, talk about your good, good streamer. Um, I'm not Very sure. I, I think that in terms of fantasy production, Jalen Hurts would have had a better game. But in terms of total offensive points and, you know, giving other guys opportunities to get the ball and score points, like this is it's pretty much a one-for-one one fill-in. Like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, we've seen them go back and forth with being the lead, leading target guys and scoring touchdowns. Um, it didn't feel like Jalen Hurts was missing. If you showed me the box score and didn't show me who was playing, you know, be like, okay, yeah, Jalen Hurts played. Because yeah. Gardner right. Mitchell had a really good game. <laughs> he really did. Um, I, I talked about C.D. Lamb having a big game this week because of the specifics of this matchup, and he came through big time. 10 catches for 120, 120 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so we got the studs coming through. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Devontae Adams, though, not the best time for a three game slump from Devontae Adams. Two catches for 15 yards on nine targets. Really it's disgusting. Derek Carr <laughs> makes you shake your head. Three interceptions for him. Josh Jacobs, 15 for 44. Josh Jacobs, extremely disappointed after the game. He's done, dude. Josh Jacobs is done. He was talking so much <laughs> shit after the game. He's like, I'm done. I'm tired. I get it, man. What a nightmare for, for the Raiders offense, man. Just this entire year. But you did call Josh Jacobs a bad game from Josh Jacobs this week. You did you did you did call that. So nice job on that one. Thank you. Uh, I, I've been wrong many times, but I, I just thought that <laughs> it would be a tough game against Pittsburgh, especially with the weather. And I thought Devontae, I thought this was gonna be a Devontae Adams game. I was like, he has Me to too. get right, right? Me too. Like it yeah. has to be a time where he turns it around. But Derek Carr was terrible. Two of nine receptions. That's just Oh, it makes you sick to your stomach, especially the way that he's been playing. He had that one five-game stretch a couple weeks ago where he was just unstoppable, and now they just stopped getting the ball to him. Obviously, he's had those targets, but not very high quality. Devontae Adams hasn't been able to capitalize on that target share, and we've kind of seen this this season where he has a good game, and then he's quiet. You know, It's been a little bit of a storyline in terms of fantasy football. You know, Obviously, he's been super consistent outside of a couple games, but those couple games, he just doesn't do well. You know, he puts up less than like 10 points and you can't have that in your lineup, especially now. He got you to your fantasy playoffs, but he might be losing you out of them at this point. It really sucks. It really yeah. sucks. Keep starting him. You know, obviously, if you if you were if you were lucky enough to make it through to the championship round, despite that performance by him or Josh Jacobs, keep starting these two guys next week. But unfortunately, very, very bad performance. Hopefully that didn't knock you out of the playoffs. 
Uh, on the other side of the ball, Pat Fryer's route participation jumped way back up to 90%. Maybe he was banged up, you know, maybe, you know, because of that injury that he had, you know, he wasn't playing as much, but something that we wish we would have known going into this game, <laughs> right? But if you yeah. made it through the, to the championship round, uh, you know, with him, he's back up to a solid tight end that you can trust uh, as long as he continues to run routes at this rate. Yeah. And look at how just fluctuating, you know, the, our trust is with tight ends at this point. You know, all you have to do is have one good Every week. week. Anyway. And that's all it comes comes down to. And then obviously you look at the route participation stuff too, snap share, just see where they're going in that um, department. But definitely Pat Fryermuth, you know, we see all that go up this week and that's all you need to, you, that's all you need to see. Kenny Pickett, he didn't look bad. You know, he didn't look as mm-hmm. bad as he has. Obviously they only had three points up until like the fourth quarter, but um, it looks like he's going to be serviceable enough for Pat Fryermuth at least. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson have respectable days and Najee Harris was able to get it done too. Um, obviously you're not excited to start. You're not going to be starting Kenny Pickett in any lineup, but it should be enough to make Pat Fryer with relevant. And that's really the only guy I trust at this point, even outside of George Pickett's and Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I, I agree. Aaron Jones, you know, another guy who could not come through. He only played 38% of snaps in this game. Apparently he had an ankle injury early in the game that limited him the rest of the way. So definitely disappointing. We didn't really hear about that ankle injury during the game. Um, but if you had him going, you know, you were wondering where the hell he was. Uh, yeah. But keep an eye on that ankle injury going into next week. Regardless, it seems like AJ Dillon's going to have a, a, a big, bigger role in Week 17. Yeah, and that's kind of going to be the case with any running back situation. But if Aaron Jones is just a little bit banged up, um, we've seen these guys kind of splitting carries. You know, uh, not really splitting them fifty-fifty, but you know, there's been a bit of a timeshare in the backfield. AJ Dillon, I do like him more next week because Aaron Jones might be out. Quiet game from Aaron Jones. It's tough if you started him, but um, I think next week we. We should have clarity going into the matchup. Um, AJ Dillon, like you said, might be the better play. Uh, it was a quiet day for the Packers offense, even though they did score 26 points. Uh, it was mainly because the Packers defense was doing well against Tua, who had three bad interceptions at the end of the game. Uh, what's it called? Yesterday. What happened to Tua, man? He so, threw for 300 yards, but a big chunk of that because of Jalen Waddell's 84-yard catch-and-run touchdown. But that was yeah. the one touchdown that Tua threw. Right. And then he had three interceptions, man. I think I think this has to be said here, man. He's been overrated for fantasy this year. He's yeah. had four good games this year. That's it. Out of 12 full games played, he's had four good fantasy games. And, you know, good for me is defined by like 20 points in a four point passing touchdown scoring yeah. setting. Right. Kirk Cousins had seven. Jared Goff had five of those. Trevor Lawrence had six of those. Geno Smith had nine of those. Tua wasn't a good fantasy quarterback this year, dude. Uh, uh, okay hang on <laughs> i think he was all right i think he was good i, I don't think he was great i think the perception up, yeah i think the perception of tua as a good fantasy quarterback was high yeah and not, it was much higher yeah. than his actual performances he didn't meet expectations at all especially with the weapons that he has you think he'd have more i don't know if you saw and this might just be dolphins fans coming up with excuses for tua but did you see the one play? And I know NFL memes, if you follow that page, posted this. Mm-hmm. They showed this one clip of Tua going down pretty hard on his head. And they said that might be a concussion there. And he might have been playing with some sort of head injury. Obviously, it's a Dolphins fan saying it, so I'm not sure. sure. But those interceptions looked a little bit uncharacteristic. To, be going, to go from balling in the first half to just terrible in the second half, just... It was interesting to me because it kind of seems like it makes sense to me. Maybe it's just because I'm not, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of the game. But the one play where he went down, his head went down. He got like that whiplash. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
where mm-hmm. his head hit the ground hard. I don't know if that would be contributing to it, but it was like he turned on a dime, you know, obviously the way he was playing. So I don't want to just make excuses for him, but that might be part of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. And Regardless, first half, it was he was bad playing day. okay. Like, it, I don't know. Like, he had that really good throw to Tyreek, right? Yep. Deep, which was great. That set them up, obviously. Um, and then that Jalen Waddle play, that was all Jalen Waddle right there. Yep. Right, <laughs> running up 80 yards for that touchdown, <laughs> 85 yards, whatever and it was. Did you notice Tyreek Hill was escorting him? I was like, Well, how does he have yeah. a blocker that far downfield? I'm like, Oh, wait, it's Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that was great. That yeah. was great. Um, but yeah, man, like we've been ranking Tua, you know, I've been moving him up in rankings here and there every single week. But yeah, I he's just a low end, he's the low end QB one for me, man. Like, yeah. I'm not, you I know, and, and it's been the weapons that have been elevating him, you know, when he's had those big games. You know, right. he had that one 40-point game early on in the season. And I think because of that, we were like, oh, like, look what he's capable of. But no, he just hasn't got it done this year, man. Um, straight up. He's, he's yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, actually, you know what? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at the, the, the points this year in terms of, like, where he's ranked among among quarterbacks uh, this season. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at averages here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's a quarterback twelve in uh fantasy points per game this year. So Yeah, that's interesting. Go. Here's another thing, a, a little note. He's finished those games, those four games that you said he had a good game. He finished yeah. as a QB four or better. Outside of that, he's not a QB one any other week. <laughs> he's there not even a QB one. So yeah, that, that, that's so, pretty bad. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's a I think he's a good quarterback. Um, you know, and he was able to get it done for his for you know for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which is awesome. But you know, one could be uh could question Jalen Waddle. Maybe he could have had a better year with a better quarterback. Maybe as, good I mean, as he's as he's had, you know, because if you look at his reception totals this year, hasn't been that high. You know, he hasn't been targeted as much as Tyreek Hill, you know, right. obviously, you know, rightfully so, I guess. But, you know, he could have been used a little bit more, even though his production, I think he overproduced on his opportunity this year, Jalen Waddle, uh, because he's a great talent. He's amazing. He's such a good wide receiver. Um, yeah, w- one could argue. One could argue. I, I mean, he's he's not the type of guy that's going to need all those targets. We know he's a big play threat, but still. Exactly. But imagine the, type of year, imagine the type of year he could have, you know, if yeah. he had. And yeah. we talked about him, I think, in the offseason. Someone else. At least when Tyreek Hill was traded to Miami, I was like, you know, that Jalen Waddle breakout is going to have to wait. And it looked like we were maybe headed for a breakout, but then, you know, he's kind of cooled down to a, especially these past couple of weeks. Are the Dolphins even going to make the playoffs? We're going to have to see. They have to win at least their next two, the the, the final two. Jalen Waddle, <laughs> you know, you got to start him. You know, he's a low end wide receiver one, pretty much borderline yeah. wide receiver one, just because he's a he's a baller player, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, over the last five week five weeks. Five catches, one catch, two catches, three catches, five catches, right? But he scored last two weeks, so he's 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 got it done for you because he's a baller. Right. Um, <laughs> when you look at his yards per yards per catch, dude, like sixteen yards per catch last week, twenty four yards per catch this week, like just yeah. crazy. Anyway, anyway, moving forward, we're trying to get let's let's finish up this podcast. Um, Christian Watson, you know, he was having a great game up until halftime. Eight targets, six catches for forty nine yards. He could have had a couple touchdowns if Aaron Rodgers hit him properly on either of them. You know, yeah. the, the one near the one near the goal line, the one he had to turn around for, that wasn't Christian Watson's fault. If, yep. if Rodgers hit him on the outside shoulder, he probably would have scored. Yeah. Um, and then he had that other long pass where he beat his defender. Aaron Rodgers overthrew him. You know, that was on fourth so down. 
That was disappointing. That was on fourth down. That was disappointing <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, so he didn't hit him either. Now he didn't play a snap in the second half because of a hip injury. So no word on the severity of that just yet. Hopefully he'll be fine because the Packers get the Vikings next week. Yeah. And if you can't play Christian Watson, or maybe I should say, if I can't play Christian Watson against the Vikings <laughs> in the championship round, I will be heartbroken, dude. It's I will the, be heartbroken. It's the grudge <laughs> match for that missed first catch of the season. You remember, that was back in week one. Oh, was that against the Vikings? That was against the Vikings in oh, week one. I didn't realize that. So they put them end-to-end, Minnesota start and Minnesota end. Oh, my God, this would be a fantastic matchup for Christian Watson. You got to be like, you know, just chomping at the bit. We got to hope that I'm, he plays. I'm hoping that he plays, dude. Hopefully he's just like a hit pointer and he's he'll be able yeah. to go, man. I'm if Watson doesn't so. play, do you think Romeo Dubs gets a bump just because we're playing Minnesota? Like, yeah, I feel like you have for to. sure. And so yeah. does Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard ended up leading them in targets in this game. Don't forget about Alan Lazard, Zach. Okay. Yeah. Well, wanted to write just, him off. It was it's funny because last week I said I'd be surprised if Alan Lazard leads them in targets this game. <laughs> You're like, I wouldn't be. So I, I was I was surprised. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I was surprised. <laughs> I couldn't believe but it. But I think you're right, though. If Watson misses next week, like both guys are in play against the Vikings. Yeah. For sure. If Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and them are in play against the Vikings and they're doing what they did last week, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a much better day. And these exactly. receivers are probably going to go off. Exactly. All right. L- let's race through a couple of these. I don't want the podcast to be too long here. So let's race through right. a few of these. There's always so much to talk about, you know, on these Mondays, yeah, dude. On Mondays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So Dolphins backfield, it was back to a 50 50 split. You know, Jeff Wilson had the edge by a couple of routes run, had another carry, also had a goal line look, um, you know, the goal line look, but 50 50 split down the middle for the most part. Um, I'm not sure if I want to start either of them against New England next week. I might avoid the situation. Are you avoiding or. Are you okay starting one or the other? I've kind of been avoiding this this back. Okay. And I okay. like I said, I don't like Jeff Wilson or Raheem Moster a ton either way. Uh, so I just kind of take my hands off of that. I didn't draft any of them. I wouldn't advise playing over the, anyone over the, uh, I wouldn't advise playing them over really anybody. Um, obviously, you have to look at the matchup, but um, I, I'm not chomping at the bit to put them in my line. Yeah. The matchup's not that great either. Anyway. Yeah. K-Makers. Hey. K-Makers. He's out here punching people's <laughs> tickets to the championship round. Yeah. If you started him. <laughs> if you started him, 23 carries for 118 yards and three touchdowns. He was the clear back in the backfield, and the Broncos had no answer for him and Baker Mayfield. And, you, you know, <laughs> now you look at it, the Chargers are on deck next week. And now Cam Akers is going to bring you home a, fi- a championship trophy. Uh, <laughs> so who would have thought that, J- that Cam Akers and James Conner who I'll get to in a second, is going to bring home yeah. people championships. <laughs> the How dynamic, awesome is that? <laughs> the dynamic duo of Cam Akers and James Conner, and even Tyler Higby in this game. Like, If you would have told me going into the season, obviously there's no way of having none, but they, the schedule makers looked at this like Russell Wilson, the Broncos playing the Rams, right. defending Super Bowl champs on Christmas Day is going to be great. If you would have told me that the 4-11 and 11 Broncos would lose to Baker Mayfield and Cam Akers, and the Rams are 5-10, and 10, like, oh, my God, it would have been crazy. Like, I wouldn't have believed you. No way. Tyler Higby, nine for 94 and two touchdowns. Seemed like Baker is looking at him heavy, right? Yeah. 39% target share for him in this game, 25% target share last week. He's like a top six tight end play, <laughs> probably yeah. Yeah. next week. Just just, just fire him up. Uh, the Bucks cardinals game, absolute worst, dude. Uh, but yeah. let's talk about the fantasy contributors real quick. Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, they were rotating drives. Uh, but the drives Fournette were in on four. Like those are the drives that were actually sustained. Uh, so that's why the touch disparity is so high between him and White. But also when Fournette was on the field, they just wanted to give him the ball more. So they actually called more run plays for him when he was on the field. So yeah, 
at the end of the day, Fournette had 29 touches, 20 carries for for him, nine catches for 90 yards. It was a huge game for him. White only had 11 touches, but ended up scoring in the fourth quarter through the air. Um, didn't like White so much. I was much more interested in playing Fournette in this game, and right. that's going to continue going into next week. Just I would much rather play Fournette than White, obviously, after this yeah. game. We, we saw that. And it looks like Leonard Fournette's locked in for some receiving work now that I thought Rashad White would be getting. Uh, White obviously scored the touchdown, but it looks like Leonard Fournette's going to be the play. Um, it's been like the same story as far as targets go and target distribution distribution, and the players have been getting it done this whole season for the Buccaneers. Like Mike Evans, is he an afterthought? Like He's got eight targets. But he's just not catching Dude. them, man. This, he's, he's a big bust, too. Like There's been a bunch of players where it's just been like, what happened? The wide receiver, 33 since week five and the wide receiver 46 since his week 11 by he's been almost he's been unstartable right yeah. like as anything more than a flex play maybe and he ain't helping you that's no. for sure right but, uh and tom brady man like what's up with him if he can't get it done against arizona there's something up he's yeah. now thrown seven interceptions in his last four games yeah I something's up but my quarterback has thrown a lot picks too <laughs> you know what i'm saying Dak prescott but uh um, at least but prescott is, is making plays though yeah, he's you know what I'm he can make plays too. yeah i mean that play to ty hilton that was a big play right oh there. my god uh, on the left only catch. That, that i was, was like hilarious. who is that i was like who is that who caught that like that i thought was that nice. was like if you remember i don't know if you remember this might be a little bit deep into the cowboys lore if you remember Dwayne harris <laughs> I remember the dreadlocks Harris. coming out of the back. Oh yeah, and he uh, yeah. kind of like the speed shades like, of Dwayne Harris. Yeah, yeah. The, I just had flashbacks when the ball was going. I couldn't believe it, but um, but yeah, that was funny, one of the prettiest throws that I've seen this year. Honestly, that was, was such a, a nice it travel. Throw. I think the next gen stat was the, like sixty-two yards in the air. Really, like, and you know what? The great. ball placement was just like absolutely insanely perfect on that one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was an absolute bailout because it was third and thirty. Like that's yeah. inexcusable, especially and in that game situation. Down? Yeah. Worth it down. There's yeah. six six or seven minutes left in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. third and thirty after two sacks. One of them was a strip sack that they just barely managed to recover. Like that's inexcusable. They just got bailed out. That was horrific. Right. But um, but yeah, the thing about yeah. Mike Evans, getting back just real quick before we end this, you know, Mike Evans, he's had nine targets, at least eight targets for the last five weeks. He just isn't catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that goes on Tom Brady. Like we know he's not playing as well, but when you get that many targets and you produce uh, four out of five weeks under double-digit scoring. like That's just PPR scoring at that. You know, it, It's just not startable. You're right. And I think that's a huge – this is like one of the biggest busts of the season that we're looking at in Mike Evans. Another disappointing stat line from DeAndre Hopkins, man. One catch for four yards. Ew. You know, brutal. <laughs> Marquise Brown, three catches for 57 yards. Greg Dorch, 10 catches for 98 yards on 11 targets from Trace McSorley. Uh, so – George making a comeback. He moved back into the slot. We never have any idea like where these wide receivers are going to be lining up, dude. Who's playing? We yep. have no idea, dude. George was hardly playing. Hollywood was a slot guy. And now this week, George magically reappears and is their <laughs> slot guy once again. So what will it be next week against the Falcons? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you want to pray and like take a shot on George playing the slot next week, sure. Go ahead. Go I think you it. can. And the, the yeah, thing is, we've we've seen this happen before. We saw this Cooper Rush earlier in the season where C.D. Lamb was getting targets but not producing. But Noah Brown, you know, one of those guys that he practiced with all the time, was getting a bunch of targets. Same thing right. here, probably. Greg Dorch probably works with Trace McSorley a lot. So, right. obviously, McSorley is going to be looking for him. He has a bit of a connection. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 targets <laughs> coming from that backup quarterback, <laughs> like we said. I wasn't expecting a whole lot this week. Uh, I know you had him on the over, or the higher, I should say, you know, with your picks this week on underdog. Uh, well, I, I I had him over on the receptions. I thought he was going to get yeah. five catches for like forty-seven yards. I thought but, I thought he was good know? for that too. You know, I thought because uh, uh, he's known for that. Yeah, he's, he's known for yeah. 
doing his thing with any quarterback, but yeah. Trace Pistoli proved to be too bad. <laughs> I thought a relatively quiet performance was in the cards, but not this. Like this is, yeah. it was just terrible. Um, I was Greg Dortch was running the ball too. I didn't get it. It was like the Greg Dortch game against the Buccaneers. I couldn't believe it. Weird dude. James Conner though, fifteen carries for seventy nine yards and a touchdown. Seven catches for forty one yards. Since he's fully come back from his injury in week ten, he has been the overall RB four, only behind. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, this is why I was so high on James Conner before the season started. <laughs> He's finally given me retribution. You know, he didn't happen. You know, he just didn't happen to do it until it mattered the most. So, thank you, James Conner, for proving that I wasn't a crazy person for yeah. ranking you so high before <laughs> the season started. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think you're crazy either because we talked about this a lot in the offseason and as we were heading into like this season, talk about rankings and stuff, you know, we've kind of drafted him to have the workload that he has now. He just wasn't getting that earlier in the season. Who knows right. why? Like, I know, you know, Benjamin was around, uh, but there's no reason to have him playing like that. I, he was banged up too. It was just really confusing early in the season, but he's come back on this season. Do you think he's moving back into that territory heading into the next season? You know, where he might be like a value if he goes in the third round. It's tricky, man. <laughs> it's tricky. You know, it's like, it's tricky. We'll have a lot of time to talk about that, yeah. you know, but it's tricky. I'm not convinced, you know. Uh, there could be a lot of tricky turnover situation. for the Cardinals. Yeah, I can see it. I can Cliff see that. Yeah. He, there's, Kingsbury a probably gone. That, there's a Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury rumor going around that he might resign. He might not even be fired. He, he might better, outright resign. He better which, resign before he gets fired. Yeah. You, you can't fire me if I quit. <laughs> yeah. You know? All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We still have one more game to decide our fate between the Chargers and the Colts tonight. Good luck. The Chargers will clinch a playoff spot if they win this game. So, you know, they should have some extra pep in their step tonight. Hopefully, Justin Herbert can hopefully get it done. Yep. Good luck. Hope hope to see you guys in championship week in Week 17. Have a good one. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus